Happy day, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time or for the first time in a while, the focus of my podcast is information that I share on my website blog. So how do you find my blog? From your favorite web browser, navigate to my website, www.copperrangellc.com and click blog. It's on the left side of the front page, or you may need to click a drop-down menu if you access my site on a mobile device. My blog posts have the great photos behind the stories, so definitely make a stop to my webpage so you can check those out. Also on my website, www.copperrangellc.com, you can also view all my images. You can learn a little bit about me and keep up with my art show schedule. And it looks like there will be at least a few art shows this year, despite the pandemic. At my art shows, you'll find my work for purchase. It's a great way to shop my photography in person and meet me. You can also shop safely and easily online. Just click the buy icon on any photo on my website and you'll be on your way to an easy and safe shopping experience and join the ranks of my collectors. Today's podcast is titled, Speaking Up for Wildlife, Let's Talk About Wildlife Trafficking. The blog post on my website is packed with information and links to a lot of resources about wildlife trafficking. I'm going to only cover the highlights in today's podcast. This is less than a 10-minute listen, so let's get into it. You know, maybe you're a little like me. Um, I don't like to hear bad news, and particularly this kind of bad news, wildlife trafficking. It doesn't sound very good. But however uncomfortable it is, and whether you're a wildlife lover or not, we really need to hear about this. We want to be on the right side of wildlife conservation and protection and speak up for wildlife. When it comes to the inhumane business of wildlife trafficking, information is power. So let's get into the highlights and understand what wildlife trafficking is, laws about it, and what's being done about it, and things we can all do to help. An August 25th, 2020 headline. Now that is just about three weeks ago, two weeks ago from when I'm recording this podcast. So this headline from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service reads, Hummingbird Trafficker Pleads Guilty. This is just one of 10 wildlife trafficking cases so far in 2020, I said 2020, the year 2020, described on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service Office of Law Enforcement website. Check out the blog on my website and you'll be able to get a link to here directly. And by the way, I'm going to be mentioning Fish and Wildlife Service a lot in this, even in this short podcast, because they are really front and center in terms of uh, the responsibility and authority for administering most of the laws regarding wildlife trade and trafficking and protection, as well as doing investigations and enforcement. So you can actually visit the Fish and Wildlife Service's website and, and search on wildlife trafficking, and you'll get to a lot of the great information that I'm sharing here. So the Fish and Wildlife Service defines wildlife trafficking as the poaching or other taking of protected or managed species and the illegal trade in wildlife and their related parts and products. Hummingbirds, of all things, are just one of the species trafficked. 
Others include sharks, turtles, fish, songbirds, and the body parts of dead and protected species, including rhinos, lions, tigers, leopards, snakes, and crocodiles. The true stories of wildlife trafficking are deeply disturbing and depict a corrupt, selfish world of wildlife traffickers that in many cases are actually linked to other large-scale criminal activity, nationally and internationally. Wildlife trafficking is a 10 to $20 billion a year industry that is pushing many endangered species to the brink of extinction. Illegal wildlife products can include jewelry, traditional medicine, clothing, furniture, and souvenirs, as well as some exotic pets. For wildlife, trafficking often means pain, stress, death, and prolonged abuse and mistreatment. In this hummingbird trafficking case, it was a 48-year-old female operating out of Dallas, Texas. She owned what's referred to as a mystic shop. She admitted to selling dried hummingbird carcasses known as chuparosas. I think that's the right pronunciation. And she did not have a valid permit or authorization to do that. I'm not sure how you get a valid permit to do that, but apparently you might be able to. Chuparosas are believed by some to have mystical benefits and are commonly used as amulets or charms. So let's say you want to put a spell or send a good vibe to somebody you're interested in. Maybe these dried hummingbird carcasses are a part of that ritual. So kind of sick. I can't really get my head around that. Anyway, the hummingbird, a migratory bird, is protected by the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Under this law, it's illegal to take, possess, import, export, transport, or sell a hummingbird or its parts, nests, or eggs except under the terms of a valid permit. There could be situations where someone would want and could get a permit for such things. The shop owner admitted the dried hummingbird carcasses she acquired were illegally imported and smuggled into the United States from Mexico. So what are the other laws or agreements about wildlife trade or trafficking? Actually, there's quite a few. Um, And as with any law, what's really important to keep in mind is that governments or other organizations that are charged with implementing and enforcing the law have to have the resources and really importantly the will to implement and enforce these laws so there's a a number of laws that i've listed in my blog post i encourage you to go and read the post i'm not going to read through the uh the statutes here it's a little bit redundant Um, but it's important to know about the laws that apply here because when you know the laws then you are informed and you're aware of when for example they're being violated A couple things I do want to mention, though, with regards to laws and agreements about wildlife trafficking is that in the United States, there has actually been bipartisan support in the executive and legislative branches of government for preventing and prosecuting wildlife trafficking. There have been two U.S. presidential executive orders that address wildlife trafficking, the first in 2013, titled Combating Wildlife Trafficking. It created a national task force on wildlife trafficking. It produced the national strategy for combating wildlife trafficking. 
and the implementation plan for the National Strategy for Combating Wildlife Trafficking. The National Strategy called for a collaborative effort with foreign governments, international organizations, non-governmental organizations, and the private sector to reduce supply and demand for illegal wildlife products. And importantly, what's called the END Act, which was passed, made public law in 2016, and END, E-E-N-D, stands for Eliminate, Neutralize, and Disrupt Wildlife Trafficking Act. So that act, the END Act, it actually continues the work of the National Task Force on Wildlife Trafficking, which was set up under this first 2013 executive order, and it requires the ongoing reports of progress made under the National Strategy and Implementation Plan. That's in the United States. That work continues. It's carried out by the State Department in um, cooperation with a couple other federal agencies. The second executive order was issued in 2017, just a few years ago. Um, It's titled Enforcing Federal Law with Respect to Transnational Criminal Organizations and Preventing International Trafficking. Um, This particular executive order has a very broad focus, and it's mostly a focus on transnational criminal organizations. It includes, however, a policy reference to wildlife trafficking in Section 2A. There are multiple national and international government organizations, nonprofits, and other non-governmental private organizations that study, monitor, enforce, and educate on wildlife trafficking. In the U.S., the U.S. Department of Justice, Environmental and Natural Resources Division does a lot of the prosecution of wildlife trafficking cases. I mentioned previously the END Wildlife Trafficking Act, which directs the U.S. Secretary of State to issue reports and keep an eye on wildlife trafficking. Uh, some of the other, uh, these, these are actually nonprofits or private organizations, non-governmental organizations. Uh, traffic is one, very well known. Coalition to End Wildlife Trafficking Online is another. The U.S. Wildlife Trafficking Alliance is another. Wild Aid is another. You can get more information on these organizations on my website. They, they actually are loaded with facts and resources and education and uh, assistance on and to get educated and to be aware of and actually uh, answer lots of questions you may have about wildlife trafficking. Um, so the last quick topic that I want to cover in the podcast, and again, much more information in the blog post, I encourage you to take a look at it, um, is, you know, us being aware of what the things are that we can do to stop wildlife trafficking. Um, the first one, and really the most important one, I think, is speaking up for wildlife and knowing how to spot a wildlife crime. Uh, there are really some terrific and helpful tips from the Fish and Wildlife Service. Again, information included on the blog site. But a critical and important tip from the Fish and Wildlife Service is to be situationally aware and trust your gut to know when things don't seem right. Uh, the Fish and Wildlife Service provides this really uh, great example of when this actually happened. Um, there was a woman in Minnesota. She was on a bike ride and saw someone putting blanding turtles in their trunk. Um, she knew that these turtles are protected and extremely vulnerable during breeding season as they move to nesting habitats to lay eggs. She, um, not you know, having that sort of this doesn't seem right to me feeling, 
She reported the vehicle's license plate number and other identifiable information to an officer with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, and her tip ultimately helped to uncover a multi-state illegal trafficking scheme based in Wisconsin. I mean, that's really amazing. So you never know, you know, if you're out in a wildlife refuge, you're out somewhere and you see somebody putting wildlife or something in their trunk or carrying away turtles or fish or something that doesn't, it's out of season. It's not somebody who appears to be authorized to do that. Trust your gut. Uh, inform somebody who's who's uh, can take action. Um, and even if it's even if it's an allowable activity, um, there's no harm in informing and helping somebody potentially identify a very uh, dangerous and a very sad wildlife trafficking situation. Um, one other thing that I want to mention on this topic of reporting wildlife crime is uh, a website called Wild Leaks. And Wild Leaks is the first whistleblowing initiative dedicated to environmental crime. Wild Leaks is set up to receive and evaluate anonymous information and tips regarding environmental wildlife crime and transform that information into concrete action and possible actionable intelligence. Wild Leaks has a safe space online built on um, the Tor technology, a secure and anonymous platform so that people with information can share that information without taking personal risks. This is particularly in highly corrupt countries. There are locations and areas where it is easier and people feel safer uh, reporting information like this. And there are places where people don't feel safe reporting like information about uh, wildlife crime and wildlife trafficking. Wild Leaks has um, come up with this really innovative website where you can report that information online in an anonymous fashion. So again, check out the blog, uh, my blog post, so you can get, you can look into that um, website and get more information. There's lots more information on the blog, include, including things to remember when you're traveling abroad where laws may be looser or not well enforced. You know, please take pride in every action you take to protect wildlife species and inspire others to take pride in even the smallest actions they take to protect species and habitats. Conservation ultimately comes down to people and their behaviors toward nature. Just as people are often the source of environmental problems, they are equally the potential solution. Thank you for listening today. Visit my website, www.copperrangellc.com, where you'll find links to the issues in today's podcast. You can view my wildlife and nature images. Send me an email, keep up with my show schedule, and become a collector. Have a great day.